This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Let's face it, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why we go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. If you're betting on NFL this season, do the smart thing and bet with MyBookie. Like to bet a little and win a lot? Try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. Bets not going your way? MyBookie allows betting after kickoff. Visit mybookie.ag today. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE at mybookie.ag. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Josh, and welcome to everyone out there to the world's leading comedy podcast where we're only talking about the joke that is the Fantasy Premier League, <laughs> LOL. What is going on? Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy start. So we had a, we, so this morning you and I met up, we went to the Black Horse and uh, yeah, we, as, as we often do, you know, more this sure. year than ever before, it seems like we've ramped it up somehow. I'm not sure how that that's I, I have a child. I'm not sure how I'm able to do this so often. <laughs> yeah, but, we, we uh, want to work out a collaborative we workspace plus Black Horse where we could just right. have some like office hours at the Black Horse that will work out yeah. well. So you and I are both having a uh, terrible game week, as, as are many, and uh, and you wild carded into this this game week, too. So that's uh, that's even worse, as, as, as we know from my podcast. Uh, for my for my um, my wild card a couple weeks ago on the podcast, yeah, right. we talked about it. Uh, it's uh, it's no fun to wild card into a less than stellar game week, even though people often say it's the week after the wild card. I don't know. Like you you want it you want to have a strong week after wild card. So we were like, let's we don't want to do that thing though where we just get on and complain about our teams for thirty minutes. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I want to talk about our game weeks and, and where we are, but uh, you know, a little bit. But um, I, I want what I want to focus on are advice or just notes for managers who are having good seasons so the bulk right. of this podcast will be people posting about what's going well i mean right like i know where i yeah. am right now and it's not a fun spot i've dropped eight hundred thousand <laughs> spots this game week we're recording yeah. this on sunday night i need Alaire to have 
like minimum seven or 12 goals, you know, to really yeah. like save this. If he had 12, I think I feel good. Yeah, record breaking, uh, Yakubu esque, you know, performance. <laughs> Very strong. <laughs> uh, that would be ideal. So, I'm, well, point, points in yeah. our favor here, though. Speaking of Yakubu, yeah. If if that sort of record breaking game is going to happen, it's going to come from sort of an under the radar mid tier yes. striker. Totally. It's not going to, yeah. like, the, the, the strikers like Aguero, they play within structured systems. He used to, mm-hmm. he, Aguero hits in his eighth goal. Pep's going to pull right. him. It's going to happen. Right. Alaire, <laughs> he hits his 11th goal. I'm not sure Pellegrini is going to have the courage to take him off they the pitch. They may need the goal difference, you know, at the end of the season. Who <laughs> yeah. knows? So, all right. So, um, so we want to focus. So anyway, I know where I am, but I clearly, you know, based on where I'm ranked, there are a lot of managers who are having better seasons, right? Like I'm not, I'm not in sure. first. So let's, let's hear from people who are ahead of us in the rankings. What's gone well so far this season. We're also going to look at the top 20 point leaders from game weeks one through five, which is very instructive uh, and very yeah. interesting. And so just let's focus on the positive here. Let's focus on yeah. getting better. If you're not having a good season, this podcast will, will hopefully start reorienting you a little bit like what approach might be the one to use you know yeah right uh so let's let's do that but before we do brandon let's let's (laughs) let's talk a little bit about game week five Uh it has been a i mean a a dumpster fire right is there any other word it's uh any any word like that applies i guess it it really has been a dumpster fire i think it's emblematic of what i actually did on saturday so on saturday instead of firing up the premier league fixtures my wife and i got in the car and went upstate here in new york and uh we just toured around and it was raining all day i was on the back porch of this house you know just minded my own business and I slipped yeah. and I fell and I landed on my back. I have this huge bruise on my back, like, right. Mm-hmm. Like it's a miracle that I didn't break my spine, like Neymar <laughs> in the world cup or anything like that. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, it was one of those falls where your whole life flashes before your eyes. And yep. I think it was sort of my body seizing up and telling me, your FPL team is going through a journey right now and you're not there to witness it. Here it is <laughs> for you. So it, it was a backbreaking Saturday for my wild card. I mean, much ado about nothing with my wild card. I don't want to go through the whole the whole team reveal. You don't want to do that. But let's I, I will say though, I because I, I am curious, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are too. I mean, we we talked on last week's podcast, Sunday night, and I feel like and even even the um the kitchen table pod that you did, um, you know, and it feels like the team changed quite a bit uh, going into Saturday. And so what, you know, what, what was your thinking there? Like, you know, what, sure. what, what happened with, with, with the final version of your team? Yeah. The final version of the wildcard team and what I was preaching last week and on the uh, Patreon podcast was aggression, aggression, aggression. And the wild card that I had going into my Friday tinkering, where it was just me alone by myself uh, left with the game week deadline was I'm just not being aggressive enough. I was left with a, a fairly template midfield, such as that term means, with Sterling De Bruyne and a Liverpool midfielder and sort of a milk toast forward line. You look at Allaire and Puki, Puki as just electric as he is, you're thinking this is a promoted team striker um, right. at a at a relatively budget price. What am I doing in this wild card? And I there was a switch that was flipped where I just just decided to move all of my money forward. 
the mm-hmm. the backbreaking decision, such as it was, was the tinker that I had before I ended up clicking the confirm team button had Aguero and Balmyang in it up front. What I ultimately decided yeah. to do was go with Vardy, Allaire, and Aguero up front. And mm-hmm. I think I've missed the trick in every every conceivable way. Missing yeah. out on Puki and and various others. I did sidestep the trap that I was about to fall in, going even more budget than uh, Puki and the like, and going for Che Adams or right. um, Jordan uh, Jordan Ayu. So looking at Vardy, Allaire, and Aguero up front, the big question is not how did I perform in game week five. The big question is. How am I going to be looking two or three game weeks from now? Because I feel like these are all really strong standout players through right. five game weeks of the season. I can't beat myself up about, I mean, Vardy, uh, looking a little bit forward to game week nine, right? Mm-hmm. The fixtures will really open up for Lester. Allaire, yeah. really strong stats. We'll see what he's able to do about Aston Villa. Aguero probably could have done more against Norwich City. The entire mm-hmm. the entire lineup of Man City yeah. could have done more against Norwich. It's a very clever podcaster's trick here, Brandon, to uh, tell everyone to wait until game week nine to uh, to see how your wildcard team looks because they're all going to forget. <laughs> you know, they're going to forget right. to follow up with you. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I, the one thing I the one thing I do really feel bad about. Okay, so a I I, I kind of hate that I sold Pookie off. Like I made a very minimal amount of money on Pookie and then immediately uh, sold him down the river because of this Manchester city fixture. He's gone. Right. The one I really feel bad about is Tammy Abraham. I've been slagging this guy off since, you know, nine seasons ago, back when he was on Swansea and I've just never really respected the player. And he is really truly proving me wrong. And I will say, you know, my bad, He's having mm-hmm. a great season, and yep. I, I've you know I was throwing all these stats at our Patreon members on uh, Thursday night's pod, pod of Alaire is doubling every stat of T- Tammy mm-hmm. Abraham's heading into game week five, but Tammy again just registers a phenomenal game week. So it, it I I just this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll I'll pass the <laughs> the conch shell over to you, Josh. But yeah, so yeah. play the wild card heading into game week five. Now, mm-hmm. game week five is just about over. If you were to say, like you said on the always cheating Twitter, Josh, can we mm-hmm. just start the season over right now? <laughs> if we started the yeah. season over right now, I yeah. still am not sure what kind of team I would field. I, yeah, there, it, It's just a wild season in which there are so many options, you know, for yeah. good and for bad. Uh, I just it's really a really tricky season to know which way to go right now. Yeah, I I think so too. And I mean, I'm looking at my team right now. I'm on 34 points. Um, my uh, so I I guess better than you, but but not not great. And uh, I mean, lots of yeah. Mistakes, I'm on right? 25 points uh, going into Monday's <laughs> Villa West Ham fixture for those keeping score at home. Bad. All you can do is laugh at some point, right? I mean, you just have to yeah. laugh and, and and move on. It's I mean, you know, I think I mean, I look at my I've got a four four two. I mean, I look at my defense. I got. Two points from Matt Ryan loses the clean sheet in the 92nd minute. Two points from Lundstrom loses the clean sheet late. 
Zinchenko, I mean, I guess I just got to like lose my Manchester City defenders now. Uh, Dean with zero, Van Dyke with two. Um, and honestly, I feel like I, I got lucky because I almost brought in TAA, who um, should have had about 27 points yesterday and, and didn't. So it would have hurt my <laughs> overall rank even more if he hadn't finished on two. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I move um, what I thought was actually a very – some people went – as I did post this on Twitter. I mean I owned up to it, but I, I moved uh, from Mane to Salah. And I didn't think that was over tinkering. I actually thought that was a very conservative move. I thought it was – I was kind of shoring up my team, you know, I was like, well, you know, Salah could absolutely go off tomorrow. He's on pens, he's on corners. He's, you know, I mean, they're both great at home, but he's just been the better player so far this season. And I didn't want to get killed again when he, if he went off. Um, or, and and, of and course, you were, you were, you were telling me this morning that it was even like getting killed in game week five. This was a long-term move for you. You yeah. wanted to be on Salah over Mane. Yeah. Not that there's so, an incredible amount between the two, but this was just a long view for you. Yeah. And so, you know, the end solid scores gets two bonus. It's a six point difference. It's not a killer, but you know, when you're on 34 points, I'd rather be on 40, you know, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, so, I mean, it's funny cause my feel, my team feels kind of template right now, but, um, a game week rank is 5.9 million, you know? So, uh, so Alaire again needs to score about, you know, a minimum 12 to 19 goals tomorrow. That would really be 19 goals would be, that, that would really do it for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, getting, you know, a total of six points from Zinchenko, De Bruyne, and my captain Sterling didn't help. Um, Pookie, Pookie and Salah are my only, the only people who did anything. Um, you know, and so then I left uh, six points from uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka on the bench and six points from Cantwell on the bench. Uh, Could have used those. <laughs> so it just, you know, just a, a, a rough game week. I, I don't know. I, I'm surprised I'm not more annoyed about it. I mean, it's sort of like, I feel sort of philosophical about it. I just, I, I guess I kind of feel like you where I don't feel like I've, you know, I don't feel like I'm ignoring some obvious players right now. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't feel like, you know, outside of maybe Tammy, I guess. Um, although Halera has done almost as well as him, you know, the last, I don't know. So it's like, you know, I, it's just like, it's a tricky, it's a, it's a little tricky. And I think, um, I think the biggest thing is I'm, I'm over-invested in the defense. I think we have enough evidence now to, to, kind of point towards the defense not being a place where you want to be laid out too too heavy you know yeah, and so right. uh so that's i guess that's the biggest thing is i'm going to start trying to take money out of there um uh with the exception of uh i actually i do want to have trent alexander arnold i think he's uh looking like a darn near essential defender in the game um yeah, but uh right. outside of him i mean i feel like i could have a bunch of 4.5 million defenders and i would get just as much out of them you know so yeah. So that that's where I am. It's it's a it's you know it's tricky, but it's so early. And you know I fell yeah again I fell eight hundred thousand spots. But even that doesn't bother me because if you can fall eight hundred thousand spots with one bad game week, you can also climb eight hundred thousand spots with one good game week, right? It's still so early in the season. So, you know I let's let's you know if, if it's game week eighteen, okay, sure, maybe I'll start to get worried. But yeah. game week five, when there's thirty three more game weeks to go, there's so much time left in the season. An absolutely insane amount. It's, it's such an yeah. insanely long season. So I'm just not going to get too down about it. Which I guess, um, uh, I mean, I was a little down when that second goal went in for Sadio Mane. I won't lie to you. I got a little hot on the on the Twitter feed. I did a, did a little bit of blocking, Brandon. I won't lie to you. There was a <laughs> few people definitely got permanently blocked, but we'll uh, I'll tell you about them later. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's where yeah, we are. And, and, um, and, on, yeah. and on Sunday too, it was an interesting day. We were um, at the Black Horse with our the greatest bartender in Brooklyn, Jazz. Who that's right. 
He was having a high-flying ghost team of a time with his, I've got Fraser, I've got Callum Wilson. And it was also like on top of whatever beating we all took on Saturday, Sunday was a day for the highly owned players that none of us own. Just just a a really interesting week. And um, yeah, I, I, I really don't know how to digest it in the moment other than more than ever, it just feels like the season hasn't started yet. It is wild out there. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think maybe you have to embrace the wildness. And I think given how wild it is, I mean, the narrative does look a lot different if if that if if the um, Norwich game alone goes differently, like how Norwich won with no defenders uh is yeah. is remarkable it's amazing it's it's heroic i mean it's it's so cool it, it, yeah i loved it you know i mean it, it was it was brutal for my fantasy team right getting a blank yeah. from sterling one from de Bruyne, one from zinchenko awful but who care i mean like it was just i was so happy for that team because that's exactly so cool. it. yeah you have yeah. to embrace the premier league of it all or the premier or however um uh, the, the globe is it. supposed to pronounce right. it but yes like there is comfort out there. You're a fan. You're a you're an FPL manager. You're a diehard FPL manager. But what? While the bodies are hitting the floor around you, there is a glorious Premier League season unfolding. And <laughs> my God, yeah. let's go! We were hanging out with our great friend James Bishop, too, and he's a diehard Liverpool Liverpool fan. He's got Kenny Dalglish's name on his t- tattooed on his forearm. If you're a Liverpool fan, like you're holding your breath at even at this early point of the season. It's just magic, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great note to, to end our, our opening segment on. Just I'll, I'll note before we get into um, the next segment, uh, if you would like to support the podcast, if you want to get a bonus podcast each week, if you want to pop on the Slack, the nicest, I think it's the the the, the like the most polite fantasy conversation out there maybe you don't want polite and that's fair enough but i <laughs> i like polite i like yeah. i like gentlemanly discussion uh and so it's, it's a great place for that you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh we got a bunch of new patrons this week and we're going to thank them a little bit but uh, again we've got uh slack extra podcast t-shirts uh prize giveaways at the end of the season and uh, a lot more just as a demonstration of how polite the Slack is, Josh, we got a question on there this week where somebody genuinely wanted to know where we stood on, do you put the uh, cream on the biscuit first or the jam? Uh, or right. do you put the jam first and, and then the biscuit? So if you want if, if you're not interested in that, you just actually are here listening to Always Cheating for the FPL managerial tactics. I've got a tip for you. Uh-huh. Uh, fantasy football scout. It's a site. It's a site that we love. Uh, Josh, you and I are both members and we love their stats tools. They've got Opta data, um, out the wazoo. And you were recently on the fantasy football scout podcast feed with Joe Jaunty, the dullard yep. manager himself with their special <laughs> series, meet the manager. And yep. you were doling out your managerial techniques. That was a pretty cool, uh, podcast experience. Was it not? It was great to meet Joe. Uh, yeah, you're kidding about the Delaware thing, of course. Yeah, really, really good conversation. Uh, really nice to meet him and, and talk with him. And uh, yeah, hopefully it was useful for, for anybody who listened to it. You can find it on YouTube or um, just on the uh, Fantasy Football Scout feed. So uh, that was just a just a fun little thing to do. So uh, check it out. Let's take a break. We'll get back and uh, we'll talk more about what went well for people, not us. What went well for other folks? All right, Brian, we're back. And the topic for today is what's going well and who's doing well. So we have some uh, 
some I, I reached out to uh, I sort of put, I guess I put out the call for some managers who have a strong season to uh, reach out to us and tell them what they've done well because I'm I'm genuinely curious like what what is going well for you like if you're if you have good no season, idea you're always cheating <laughs> too, too, no right. clue yeah so we've got a few we've got a few uh, posts uh, that I'll that I'll share and I think just when you hear them all together there's a few themes that I think uh, start to emerge so hopefully it'll be useful just before we do that though I did want to just take a quick look because I think it is kind of instructive right so we're we're five weeks into the season we do we do have one more match tomorrow but it's you know uh, it's Aston Villa. Um, West Ham. I don't think it's going to change things too much here. So just the total points leaders, Brendan, from game weeks one through five, right? So yeah. I pulled the top 20 points leaders and what immediately stands out to me and it kind of flies in the face of all of the big at the back, you know, four, four, two, five, five at the back. You've been seeing, you know, this like sort of these sir mix a lot teams, if you will. Yeah, the sort of all these different teams that are that are very big at the back. Um, there is one defender in the top 20 for total points the first five game weeks of the season, which I think is like enough points to like uh, we're far enough in the season. That like you, you, you're getting out of the like small sample size territory, at least a little bit. Right. I mean, yes. like you're five weeks in, like you're starting to like be able to make some conclusions, I think. Um, and that defender is 18th overall um, in terms of total points. And that is uh, Yannick Vestergaard, who is on 27 points on the season. Uh <laughs> There is no other defender in the top 20 for total points so far this year. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold comes in at 21st. Just below David's Wow. Yeah, just, just below David Silva. When you look at the top scoring players in the season, it's a murderer's row of of expensive attackers. You have the kind of emerging uh, young player. You know, you have the, the, the promoted players, I guess. Right. Right? Pookie, who's, who's now 7 million. You have Tammy Abraham, who, of course, uh, was on Chelsea, but then, you know, he played the championship last season, uh, who's fourth overall. Pookie's first. Uh, but then it's the 12.1 million Aguero, the 12.5 million Salah, the 11.6 million Mane, the 11 million Aubameyang, and the 12.3 million Sterling. Wow. Right? It's Yeah. yeah. And then you've got De Bruyne at 9.8 and Firmino at 9.5. The the like the the way to have a good season this year was to have a 2013 2014 style fantasy season, right? Where you just have yeah. like 30 million up front. <laughs> yeah, so I will tell you, you about I, this. I tried to put a team together, <clears throat> so I I I took this not this exact data that you put in front of us uh, tonight, Josh, but Aguero. Wait, no, okay. So if I put in my team. De Bruyne, Sterling, Mane, and Salah, and say, ah, premium striker, like Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. You can't make it work. You cannot even populate the rest of your team with 4.5 <laughs> million. Like, the right. prices on these high-flying assets right now are so high that right. you, you, you can't even take that, what you're calling the 2014-15 strategy, in that yeah. F, the FPL game is, is too smart for us right yeah. it's it yeah. already knows yeah. what we need to do before we do it so it's, it is really frustrating yeah. and as someone who's just come off their wild card the thing i kept thinking when i was playing my wild card coming into game week five was i can see the perfect team i know exactly what it looks like problem right. is i'm like one mil i'm i'm many millions short of having it well it, it, it feels yeah. a little bit like it feels a little bit like whack-a-mole you know like it's like it's you're like okay boom i'm gonna get a guerra like you know it's like i hit the hammer down like i've got him covered you know and then yeah, like right. boom like up, up pops a bombing oh crap you know like i need i need to i need to have him covered too it's like yeah. boom like you bring him in oh no like suddenly like sal is the one that you and it's like you can't 
like the yeah. trick, I guess, has has would has like would have been to be insanely aggressive with your transfers and constantly, you know, like kind of get lucky and like maybe captain the right expensive attackers yeah, so far this right. season. I think the whack-a-mole metaphor is really actually informative and interesting in that there are players like for me, Tammy Abraham would be that mole that he keeps popping up in the same hole. And I'm like, I see you. And I know yep. you're going to pop up in a different hole and I've got you when you do that, but he keeps popping up <laughs> the same hole. So, yeah. um, yeah, this is, so it looks to me like this season is going to be especially challenging and like challenging my biases and my notions of the way I want to play and the players that I want to get in. Yeah. Well, I mean, is it challenging your long-term biases or just your recent biases? Uh, yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's a good point. Um, because I have, how do I have enough? Yeah. Do I have enough yeah. built up in my soft tissue with Tammy Abraham to have right. a long-term bias with him? Well, no, I guess obviously I, mean, I don't, right? I, I guess I mean more like, you know, like it's like I had this idea that I've sort of built up that like I wanted to have like a couple of Liverpool defenders and I wanted to have you know, it was, it was only, it was only last spring, right? We're like the only two teams that were keeping clean sheets were Liverpool and Man City. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like we all decided to go big at the back and no one has ever done well with a strong defense as there, you know, it's like, yeah. it's just this season, it's not working. Like maybe Allison's injury was a, you know, was a huge factor. Maybe, uh, you know, Man City being on their, whatever, whatever they are, third and fourth choice center backs now or second and third. It's like, you know, all of these like, problems sort of have piled up and so you're sort of in a position where no one can be trusted to keep a clean sheet you know and so yeah. it's just it's just there's no point in having a ridiculous amount of money in there because i mean and there's also like not like there's not a, like a wealth outside of outside of lucas dean who i'm not even i don't know even him i'm reconsidering a little bit you know <laughs> well let, I, let me I, let me put it this way yeah so in my wild card i felt like i was cheaping out i was like big at the back forget that i'm moving on Right. I have Virgil van Dyke and Lucas Dean between the two of them. That's 12.5 million of my budget. That's like, that's quite a, quite a bit of money when you step back and, right. and took a, take right. a top down view. So yep. it's like our thinking of big at the back is warped to the point where I'm, I am big at the back without even thinking about it. Here's the thing about Lucas Dean. My concern is that, no matter how good he is as as a crosser and how many attacking points he's going to deliver, I'm not certain that I, I don't know. Like, I, can, can, is anyone going to be able to score on the balls that he puts out there? You know, it's like the, the the attack on this team is just I don't know. Like maybe maybe the Bournemouth game is just like a little too fresh in my brain right now. Yeah. Um. Obviously they did score, they did score a couple you know right before that in the Wolves game, but I mean they have not been prolific so far this season. That's for sure. Well, you know? he has I mean, he has yeah, two yeah. assists two assists in five matches so far. So yeah, I think that might yeah. be it's a decent return. You're looking at six. All right, starting from game week one, it's six eleven one five zero. So you've got two really dismal returns, one and zero. Take those right. out, and you have just an electric defensive asset. And right. I think but you can't take out the you can't take out the one and the zero, though. You know, I mean. But I, I on the know. balance, yeah. on balance. So let's see. You're better at math than me, Josh. So if I do yeah. six plus seventeen, eighteen, twenty three. 
23 divided by five, you're averaging like, yeah, like between four, four and five. Four, four point, yeah, 4.5 or something like that. Yeah, I, would, I think that that is what I want from a 6.2 million defender. I do still yeah. think that Lucas Dean is delivering where he is. But I, I see what you mean where the – it's 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 the way that you're thinking about the player because I'm bringing in Lucas Dean not for his clean sheet potential but for his attacking potential. Right. So what the way you're trying to frame it is I'm bringing this player into my team for a specific task. Yeah. All, what what exactly. you can choose to do is step back and say it doesn't matter how he's getting these points, be it clean sheets or attacking returns, he's still averaging right. more than four four points per game week and i think that's still good so based on just points alone don't mess with him yeah i mean and i i I do think that you're probably i i think like the the real problem is you know are there can you build a team of 4.5 million defenders that you have any faith in you know that you feel like could consistently do well i mean Maybe you have one Burnley defender. Maybe you bring in a Southampton. Maybe you bring in Vestergaard, right? Uh, you bring in one. Maybe you bring in Sonyoku. And then that money allows you to go from Sabalos to Mason Mount or whatever. And like, is I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm curious how much you lose. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, Dean well, is not like on the immediate chopping block here. I'm just saying that like, I'm, I'm rethinking everything right now. You know, yeah. I'm sort of like, I, I don't want to feel locked into any, anyone in my team, you know, because... It's not working. And when it's not working, yes, like there's something to be said for patience, you know, to, to a certain degree. Um, and I'm, but like it's selective patience, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be patient with De Bruyne and Sterling and, you know, Pookie and Allaire if they don't do anything for a while. I'm going to be patient with, with Mo Salah. But, you know, when, for players under 7 million, I'm not going to be patient, you know, I'm going to keep moving them around. Yeah. I don't want to be super defeatist here, but you talk about Vestergaard. Vestergaard is not going to turn the tide. He still costs 5.1. Okay, so Lucas Dean to Vestergaard, you're saving 1 million. What are you going to do? You're going to turn Mason Mount into James Madison? Uh, certainly wouldn't have helped you in game week five. So right. like what, what I'm really struggling with right now, I imagine a lot of other managers out there are struggling right now, is we're talking about such fine margins between players that we're bringing in. The long-term question of who's the best budget attacking mid to bring in? How do I right. set up my forward lineup? You're talking about really fine margins with 6.5 pl- million players versus 7.5 million players. And week to week, one of those players is going to get you 10 points and one of those players is going to get you two points. And I think right. what we're going to be doing all season long or at least the next couple of months is one week it's going to be high and the next week it's going to be low. So yeah. I, I maybe it's maybe it's less like we're trying to solve a problem week to week and maybe it's more we're just trying to ride a wave week to week a bit. Well, what I will say is just as I think about my team, I do feel like I am, I don't know. I I feel like there are like goals everywhere right now. Goals galore, Brandon. And I don't feel like I have a team that's set up to capitalize on those goals, you know, enough right right now. And so that's, that's, that's sort of just where I am. I need to, I need to be. 
I need to, I need to be scoring more. My team needs to be scoring more goals. You know, uh-huh. I'm like a, like a offensive coordinator in football or something. I'm just like, we need to score points. We need to put points on the board. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, I'm not, I like the Sabalos thing is, I mean, unmitigated disaster. You know, that's, I think that's a, that is not an over the, I mean, I could have had Mason Mount on my wild card three weeks ago, you know, that was 6.5 million or some nonsense, you know, <laughs> and I'm stuck with, I'm stuck with silly old Sabalos who's, yeah. you know, worthless. I mean, you know, he's on my team is, I mean, what do I even do with him? And they play home to Aston Villa next week, but like, can I keep him? Like, no. can I honestly keep him? I don't no. think I can, you know? So it's, it's just a mess. I don't know. Uh, it's, I mean, he, he like, he's playing behind everybody. And if, if Mesut Ozil, I mean, you know, we, you saw it four minutes in, they get a free kick and uh, oh, like Savalas is there. I, I know it's like the bio, Brandon. And I, I just, it's hard for me to say that. So Whoa. just, you know, okay. everyone never roll, roll up my bad, okay. my bad pronunciation. Go on. Um, but anyway, either kind of both lined up and of course, Ozil's the one who takes it. He doesn't do anything with it, of course. But, um, but I was like, right, this is, this is not how it's going to be. He's not going to take anything anymore, you know? Um, and so it was, uh, so yeah, that, that's not going to work. And so I need, I need someone who can score, you know, and, uh, maybe I have to burn four this week. I don't know. Like a lot of things are going to be on the table. Yeah. You're looking at, okay, so you, you, uh, looking at things that are going right, you pulled the top 20 performing FPL assets. Right. The, the, I'm thinking of one guy who jumps out at me um, yep. as a guy one who man. one man. We're talking about one man in a world. Um, <laughs> who? Which man am I thinking of? Wait, what? Sorry, guess, the, it, <laughs> guess the man I'm thinking of. I got caught up in your pronunciation. <laughs> I forgot the intro of what came before that. What am I guessing? Guess which man I'm thinking of who uh, just, just out of these top 20 just – we need we need to reckon with this guy in the who is in the top twenty FPL assets. Okay, you already talked about Tammy Abraham, so yeah. we will. You know, uh, is it uh, is it Callum Wilson? No, we is need, it Eric Lamella? No, 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 no. It's much more obvious than that. It's painfully obvious, and it's Roberto Firmino. And <sighs> yes, yes, on the wild card, the whole international coverage pick, as you called him in our direct message chat. Yeah, you, you and I were DMing, and we were talking about the phenomenon that is Firmino, and it, it's, it was pretty clear at the start of the season. Firmino looked on it; he looked in form, and it was good. And 9.5 mm-hmm. represented a certain degree of value on that Liverpool squad. But the way we yes. formed our thinking in this current godforsaken FPL season was you either have Mane or Salah and you've got some defensive Liverpool coverage. And right. Firmino at 9.5, it, it just felt like a coverage pick. It felt like, listen, all right, I'm going to go 9.5 up front and I'm going to go all Manchester City in my midfield. And that was kind of how I was uh, feeling about it. But the knee-jerk thing right now, it feels knee-jerk, but it also feels somewhat long-term informed. Firmino is still, as of game week five, having a phenomenal season. Is mm-hmm. it, and we're and as we're talking about, right, the um, defense and spending a lot of money in the defense is, you know, as much as we're talking right. around it, week in, week, week, in, week out, it's not right. um, reaping any points for us. Firmino looks so good at 9.5. He's yet to rise in price. And I think the time it is the time is now for Roberto Firmino, right? Can we agree? If you're looking at these top 20 individuals uh, in the FPL stats table, 
Firmino is the one that sticks out as the person who's underserved. He's selected by Mm. 12.5% of teams. Uh, He's first in if I start tinkering around. Um, And you look at... The ownership is crazy low. I I agree. I mean, I think... um, yeah, I think he does. I think he does stand out. Um, God, Vardy's only eight point nine. He's you know it's gonna be hard for you to to move off Vardy though too because I mean he's got some really yeah. nice pictures coming. I out. think yeah, I think a Sergio Aguero, weird as it is, is the movable object in my front line probably because yeah. I also have Sterling and De Bruyne in my midfield. So have you been able to watch the highlights from that match yet? Are you still are you still on a uh, yeah, I still like on a, a personal ban from watching that match. <laughs> I took Saturday. I was off the grid Saturday, and it was a total blackout. I think the only thing I needed to ingest from Saturday was our good friend Tom Campbell's match of the day highlights that he posed to his uh, Twitter, and maybe I'll just leave it at right. that because it just seems too painful. <laughs> I don't. What, what, so, what was your takeaway from the city's attack against Norwich? Given that I'm troubled well, up on they, them right they now, they could have they could have scored nine goals. You know, I mean, and then they just didn't, and they got a little unlucky. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I mean, we talked about this earlier today uh, when when I saw you, but you know, it's Pep had this press conference yesterday where he was very uh, sharp and smart. I thought where he just said, you know, listen, it's uh, uh, you know, they're human beings; these are not video games. You know, like sometimes you miss and sometimes you know it's like the outcome is not predetermined and you know the other team wants to win as well and you know it's like sometimes you're just not going to win you know and it was just it was very reasonable and he didn't lay into his players at all you know nor 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 should he obviously they won the league two years in a row but um but it was just a funky game you know i mean norwich did not fluke the win um you know but but you know and certainly but you know i think a draw might have been um a fair result as well. You know, I mean, I think that, you know, Sterling hits the post at one point, Aguero missed some big chances. Um, you know, I mean, for him to only come away from with six points from that match is uh, one of the shockers of the season, I think, you know, there's yeah. a reason, you know, a lot of managers triple captain him and I can understand why, because um, that's a match where he could have had a hat trick, you know? So, uh, so it was just, a, it was, a, I mean, but you know, fair props to, uh, to Fark, you know, the, uh, <laughs> Norwich manager. I mean, that guy's a genius, right? He's like the next club. Like, how is he doing this? Like, they're probably going to stay up this year. Like the like, a Norwich team with no defenders is going to stay up this season, which is like, I mean, it's early, it's early still, but like, it looks like they're just going to outscore everybody. And like, yeah. that is, is just so awesome. Like well, fantasy aside, yeah. it's just so cool. We'll, we'll see. I think it's a really tricky thing to sustain, but, uh, rooting for him, definitely yeah. rooting for him. And it's, a, it's one of those, it's one of those promoted clubs that comes around, you know, every five years or so where it feels sure. just very straightforward yeah. and easy to root for this Norwich side. Yeah, exactly. It's a kind of a black, Blackpool style, you know? Right. So yeah. We'll see. All right. I'm going to read up a few tweets here, Brandon, from managers uh-huh. who uh, have done well. And, you know, we have, we typically have a no brag allowed rule on this podcast, but I, I asked for some, some brags or I asked for some, some advice, you know, like what's gone well for you so far. So I'm just going to read a few of these off and, uh, you know, we can stop and talk about any of them or we can just kind of blast right through them. All right. Okay. So if you have yeah. thoughts, let me know. Okay? Sure. <laughs> All right. First one comes from Evan. He says, patience with Callum Wilson and Robbo finally paid off yeah kellen wilson the wilson problem uh yeah it's i mean there's a question from uh ian fpl strategic i said can you talk about kellen wilson he's doing so well but also more expensive than the promising options uh is he less risky are the others more risky i mean kellen wilson is the truth and i i did not want to look the truth in the eye brandon he, <laughs> i i, I you dropped didn't want to him, see the face uh, of god 
I mean, first of all, he's had, you know, five, 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 the first four game weeks. It's an excellent average score, right? I mean, we talked about for, 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 for anybody, I mean, outside of like, you know, 10 million plus player, 5 million, you're never going to captain Callum Wilson, right? So if you just average five points from him, that's fantastic. Um, and then he finally has his breakout game, right? He has a brace today. And, uh, and now he looks like fantastic. I mean, he's, he, where is he on this list? He's like three, six, he's, he's the 10th highest scoring player in the league so far yeah. this season. <laughs> um, and you know, we all just sort of, I mean, he's 7.8 million, right? He's 0.2 down from his starting price. <laughs> um, you know, cause we all want this shiny new object, you know, yeah. I mean, attacking I, returns yeah. the first three or four game weeks, right. And still his price yeah. plummeted by 0.2. And you look at Bournemouth's fixtures upcoming. They're still pretty good. Yeah. Southampton, I think West Ham in game week six yeah. and seven, then Arsenal, Norwich, Watford. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not, I, I have never, I never have a problem admitting that I'm, well, sometimes I do, but in this case, I don't mind admitting that I'm wrong, Brandon. And I was wrong to ditch, to ditch Bournemouth so early. I mean, uh, I should, I should have stuck with Wilson longer, you know, um, cause clearly he's, uh, uh, he's been good. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so yeah, a little bit of patience, uh, probably came through. I mean, patience with the Robbo is a little trickier cause I mean, it was, what was it? Two, 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 two. Uh, and then even today he only gets five points. So it's, it's, it's yeah. a, not a lot from a, from a 7 million. And honestly, I don't even think he looks actually, he looked a little better in game week five. Agreed. But, yeah. But not, I mean, like pale shadow compared to Trent Alexander Arnold, you know, who like could have had yes. two goals and two assists, you know, yesterday. Um, all right, so next next post. Uh, FPL Chef says, I'm currently set at 886th overall. Betting against the Twitter template and big at the back is what started me off decently. A wild card of 101 points capital, capital, wow. catapulted me to the top 1K. Uh, and Aguero over Sterling for the last two has been the difference, and I'm rocking the good old 3-4-3. Three, three. Uh, a lot to think about there. I think Aguero over Sterling is huge, yeah. right? That alone uh, is, is a f- massive difference. I mean... Uh, well, so girl only had six, but you know, this last game week, which is still uh, four points more than, than Sterling picked up. And, um, and how many did he have last game week? Was it, uh, he had 16 points last game week. Right. And so Sterling had, I think he Sterling just had two in that game week as well. Right. Um, I guess he had three cause they kept a clean sheet. So mm-hmm. yeah, overall that's that 17 extra points. I mean that if I had 17 more points right now, I would be. I would not be down 800,000 spots, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, 17 points, I'm not sure what, like at this point, what 17 points translates into in terms of like a rank jump, but I suspect it's like about 500,000 spots yeah. right now. So yeah, uh, it makes a big difference. Manchester city is one of those teams where you're like, the answer is right under your nose and you don't even see it. And I'd like all props to FPL chef for the canny managerial turn here because Aguero is 0.5 cheaper. You're saving money on Raheem Sterling. And my thinking, and a lot of people's thinking heading into the season was Sterling is the new effective captain of Manchester City. He's a must-have. You never know when he's going to go off. Suddenly, all this Mm -hmm. conversation about Sterling causes you to lose sight of their all-time leading goal scorer and the fact that Gabriel Jesus still hasn't managed to knock Aguero out of the pecking order. So it's that sort of like dialed in. I'm not going to lose sight of what makes the top team, the top team and what makes the top team a great FPL team. So Aguero is an interesting one and that will be a really tough one for me coming off this disappointing wild card of trying to stay the course with Aguero and not being 
not being tempted. Certainly if Aubameyang's price, I, I would expect Aubameyang's price is probably going to go up this week to try and not, uh, not just, to at some point, not yeah. just jump on, lose Aguero and jump on Aubameyang because that temptation will be there. Cause yeah, I see, I don't see any reason why Aguero would fall off the, the boil. Um, he, he, Lest we forget, he scored. He scored this week. He continues right. to rack up the FPL points. Yeah, even in a bad match, he's he's like, yeah. I think we talked about him before. Like his his like his. I mean, I, I actually think we talked about De Bruyne this way, but I think it's true of Aguero as well. Like like Aguero's floor is so high, right? Like a a bad game week for him is like six points. It's very rarely, and right. assuming he starts, it's very rarely. You know, and that's why two. he was. I think it's something we were favoring him as captain in this Norwich match. Yeah. Um, you know, if we had if we had him, and I know you didn't have him. So we're unable to do so over Sterling because of that exact reason. Aguero's ceiling is yeah. just always going to be, or his floor is always going to be that much higher. All right. Do you want to read this next question? I think it's a, it's a, it's a good one from Heath Cram or uh, next uh, post. Yeah. Yeah. Next post comes from Heath Cram who says overall rank around 8,000 formation is three, four, three. So much like chef that we just talked about what's working for Heath Cram is triple city and double Liverpool and dumping Kane for Aguero, another Aguero shout here. In 12 years playing, I can't remember a preseason like it with so many decent judges and proven managers getting excited to spend close to $30 million and playing four at the back, unprecedented defensive investment. So Heath, he definitely saw um, what the chat was, uh, but he mm-hmm. was choosing still to play his own game to play what has worked for him season upon season, the three, four, three and look to proven goal scorers and big up front uh, with Aguero. So yeah, it's a great shout. That was the politest way to, to tweet or to post wake up sheeple. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. The next one comes from, uh, from Chris, who's a FPL. Chris is a good, good friend of ours. Uh, Patreon supporter. He says currently 40,000 before today's fixtures. Uh, I wildcarded into game week two after realizing there are problems with the game week one template. The big moves are bringing Pookie in ahead of his hat trick. I think a a key thing for a lot of managers over a really good season Uh, and getting on Kun Aguero early uh, using a three, four, three with a light defense. So this is now three managers in a row who are using a three, four, three formation this season. So uh, I think that's kind of, kind of instructive. We officially Uh, have a trend. Yeah. We officially have a trend, Josh. All right. Next, next post comes from FPL carbon rod who says, I'm currently around 20,000 live rank despite a game week three wildcard mess. Also 16 points are from an uncharacteristically early triple captain on Aguero in game week four. Well done, Carbon Rod. Very cheeky. Getting on Pookie Mount Cantwell early and sticking with premiums, not swapping around, and probably my best call so far. Also a flexible formation, but mostly four four two. So here's a shout for four four two. But flying I, the ointment there. Embedded within FPL Carbon Rod's comment here, I think is the uh, hashtag patience, right? Um, where um, he got on players early and he stuck with premiums and he didn't swap them around, right? So that's, uh, I think that's actually yeah. that's what I was talking about earlier, right? It's, it's patience with your expensive players. You know, but being really knee jerky with your cheap players, and it kind of makes sense, right? Like the cheap players are cheap for a reason, right? Like there's like a there's a reason why no one can resolve the 
who's the best 5.5 to 6.5 million midfielder question? You know, it's because the answer is none of them are that good. Yeah. You know, right. that's why they're that, that's why they cost that much, you know? Um, so it's, you know, it's like, so of course you should be ruthless with those players, you know? Um, and defenders are maybe a little more locked in, but you know, the thing about defenders is their, their prices aren't that volatile, you know? I mean, yeah. you know, unless they're uh Matt, Matt Doherty situation where someone, starts off underpriced, you know, and yeah. jumps up a million or that's not really happening right now, you yeah. know? So, um, yeah. I, I think that's why one of the most popular questions that you see bouncing around is who's the best budget mid, which budget mid should I get in? Cause there is this impulse right. to get the, get the player in for the long haul. I want the best player at the right price and I want to not have to think about it later, but this is the, how the game is played. There are certain positions in your FPL lineup that you're going to bring them in and you're you're going to have to constantly be monitoring them. Mount looks like maybe he could solve that problem for you long term. But yeah, the fact is, whether it's your defense or your your second or third striker, you have to be willing to be an active, um, overbearing boss. Right, Josh? No one likes a boss. It's always up in your business. Like, where are you with that project? You turn that project in yet? Yes. We on time? We on schedule? Yep. That's how you have to be with your budget players, Josh. I, I agree. I agree. Definitely. I should be doing more of that and not doing <laughs> check up on your employees, Josh. Money to solid swaps. Uh, all right. So final final post here is from FPL Addict. It says, I'm currently 25,000. Billy Sharp, eight pointer in game week one in eight minutes. Ugh, beautiful. Uh, Lundstrom, 14 points in game week two. Uh, lucky appearance in the bench played a huge part in my rank. Apart from that, I bought Aguero. Again, Aguero is a real constant yeah. here uh, on a wild card in game week four. And he is plus 17 from Sterling Captainers in the last two weeks. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that, so, you know, like maybe we don't have serious, massive trends across the board here. I mean, you know, the, obviously like the the captaincy stuff, there's a little bit of luck involved in that, you know. I mean, for Sterling to blank in the last two uh, is very surprising. I mean, you know, just it's not going to happen that often. Yeah. He's going to blank two game weeks in a row. Uh, I don't read too much into that, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. he certainly could have done something in both those matches, so um yeah so i think um yeah but i think uh, yeah having aguero like you said earlier it's 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 sergio aguero he's amazing i i would like to think that if i knew that jesus was injured going into (laughs) game week three i would have had him in my wild card i still think it's very annoying that that was sort of a private it was treated like a private matter brandon like like an illness in the family or something (laughs) everything Uh, concerns us the fpl community all concerns (laughs) us well I don't know. I mean, if, 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 if a you know a massive player on your team gets injured, like I'm surprised that isn't news, you know. But there's, yeah, I don't know, right, right, right. So yeah, all, all eyes, fantasies. all, all yeah. eyes on the Champions League fixtures that kick off midweek this week. So especially if you're dealing with Liverpool and Manchester City conundrums, even Chelsea and uh, Spurs. I mean, no one's really dealing with Spurs conundrums at the moment. But very curious to see what kind of minutes Aguero and Jesus get midweek. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely, definitely worth saving your transfer until uh, until Friday, if if at all possible. All right, Brian, it's a quick break. We have a short lightning round, and uh, we'll look at game week six. Brandon Kelly, that's your name. There are countless ways to keep up in what's happening in the world of sports, but how are you supposed to read every great article? How are you supposed to watch every awesome highlight without losing time in your busy 
busy day. I know you're busy, Brandon. I'm a, I'm a very busy I'm direct guy. messaging you yeah. constantly, and it takes you upwards of three or four minutes before you respond. It's I'm very an important annoying. businessman, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, scrolling through every app, visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. Now coming to the stage is Axios Sports. That's A-X-I-O-S Sports, Brandon. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. Every morning, you'll see the best stories from around the sports world from the NBA, NFL, Premier League, uh, to niche sports like cricket and ping pong. Now, in some places, Brandon, like the UK, not so niche. Uh, cricket, that is. Ping pong probably still is. Ping pong is taking uh, the world by storm. I know that much. <laughs> the email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up. Sports.axios.com. Axios Sports is clean and crisp and gives you everything you need to know. You can read it in five minutes in the elevator or discover a deep dive article where you're on the train to work. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the cool person sharing an amazing link with your friends and coworkers. Cool. That is true, Brandon. I like, and I actually like, you know, I don't follow the NFL as closely as I used to, but I actually like following it just so that I can have things to talk about. <laughs> sure. Uh, so you can with, have friends. With, you know, with, with you know, <laughs> yeah, so I can have some friends. Exactly. Uh, join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up in the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription, no fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Do yourself, Brandon, and your time a favor. Sign up for the Axios Sports Center for free at sports.axios.com. Again, that's A-X-I-O-S.com. Again, try for free at sports.axios.com. Joshua, you and I, we are joining the 10 million who have already tried Harry's Razors. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash blue wire. Why should you try Harry's? Well, Harry's founders were two just regular guys, just like you and me, Josh. And they were tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors, just like you and I. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Hey, Josh, this fall, refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. Here's what it comes with. A weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip. Also, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave. Also, a rich lathering shave gel. That will leave you smelling great. Josh, you smell terrible. I'm going to get you one of these resets. And a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of Always Cheating, you can redeem your free trial set at harrys.com slash blue wire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash blue wire to redeem your offer and let them know that Always Cheating sent you to help support our show. Brandon, we're back. Short lighting around this time. Got four questions here. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mix up the order here a little bit Whoa. too. We're gonna to tinker around okay. a little bit. Ben John says, "Is Tammy essential?" Oh God, I love the uh, hashtag essential questions on this podcast. Um, Always a tricky one. I'll tell you this much, Ben. Uh, no one is essential apart from yourself, and uh, that's just saying love yourself, Ben. And you and your life, you are essential to your loved ones and uh, to your employers and to us here at the Always Cheating Podcast. We appreciate you listening. Wow. Is Tammy Abraham essential? Wow. I, I don't bloody know. I, you see, he's playing really well. I'll tell you that much. I know. I mean, it's yeah, seven goals and seven goals in three matches uh, cannot be waved away that's for here's sure. the weird it's, thing it's, it's, it's remarkable so in my research for my wild card i was looking at tammy versus sebastian allaire at west ham right if you compare mm-hmm. allaire's stats and tammy abraham's stats in game weeks three and four just head to head how do they perform 
Allaire right. doubles Tammy Abraham's stats v- on virtually everything. Uh, now, granted, uh, Allaire scored three goals versus Tammy's four, even though Allaire doubled his stats. But the conventional wisdom right. would be Allaire is driving toward a better season-long output than Tammy Abraham just based right. on these short-term well, stats. Well, when he scores – when he scores four tomorrow, Brandon, it'll be even, so it'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, everything will be square. <laughs> so this is this is the really vexing thing with a player like Tammy Abraham is that he personally confuses me with the eye test. His stats are, I would call them somewhat strange and anomalous. But if you're just looking at the first five game weeks, Tammy looks like a bloody great FPL asset. Yeah. So what can I say? Yeah, I mean, it's like if you define essential as, I mean, it's like all these different ways to define it. I mean, it's like, you know, but like, let's just say, I'll say this much, Brandon. If I had a wild card, he would 100 million percent be on my wild card team mm-hmm. going yeah. into game week mm-hmm. six. So I'll, does that mean he's essential? I guess so. From a certain perspective, it doesn't mean I'm going to rearrange my team to bring him in next game week. Would I like to have him in the future? I, I would. Yes, I would. If you're looking at your team, last we'll say about Tammy, right, Josh, is if you're looking at yeah. your team and your one free transfer heading into game week six, does yeah. Tammy register in the top five transfer targets for you no especially because they're playing liverpool in game week six also there's, there's maybe like a possible injury worry as well yeah. uh with him right like he's, he's been flagged yeah. so uh you know my m- more maybe known by tomorrow and yeah. maybe he's fine but um you know so he's not on the radar really but yeah. I, i'd love to have him yeah exactly i think that we have a week to think about this given just at least given that liverpool fixture yeah, yeah, yeah. One one more week to uh, possibly save two transfers if, if I possibly could, you know, to make it easier to bring them in. Um, all right. So next question comes from uh, Vinyl Richie. He says, who is the best four to five million defender besides Lundstrom? Could Tamori, who's only 4.5 million, scored an amazing goal uh, yesterday, actually be an option for consecutive starts in a great fixture run after Liverpool? So Tamori, I mean, has not really been on my radar so far, but... That price is right, Brandon. Yeah, so we were in the car, uh, my wife and I, on Saturday, and I was driving, and I was asking her or forcing her to do periodic score checks. I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Honey, open up the phone, give me a score check, read out loud. She's like, Chelsea Mm -hmm. 10, Wolves 4, (laughs) whatever the ludicrous scoreline was (laughs) that came. I was like, cool, all right, let me know who scored. She's like, Tamori, and I'm like, you clearly are pronouncing that wrong. What? Who is that? What? <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Tamori is the definition of flying under Brandon's radar. So uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is, he's an interesting one, right? I mean, he's, he's Canadian for one thing, which is kind of fun. Um, <laughs> fun yeah, is one word like to his, describe it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's born in Calgary. He's actually, he's represented England at the under 21 level, which is uh, kind of. Was well, he playing with cheese like, curds like, in his gotta, pocket? Gotta, is that, that's, that's what I want to know. Is this another junior, it's another junior Hoylet situation? I, I worry. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So we've got uh, Tamari 4.5. I mean, like they need help so if he if he can do it then you know maybe he's i mean you know it's like christensen hasn't even played the last two matches was he he might have been injured for one of them uh but i mean he's not even flanked right now so maybe tamari is like 
solid there for a little while. I mean, the thing about Chelsea is they do have this remarkable run coming up. You know, um, they played Liverpool, but then it's it's really nice after that. It's you know Brighton, Southampton, Newcastle, Burnley, and Watford and Palace. Yeah. I mean, really, the next six starting in game week seven are excellent, and I have no coverage right now uh, from from Chelsea, and it's it's a little bit of a worry. I'm not. You know, there aren't that many players I want, though. You know, I mean, I kind of want Mason Mount, um, Tammy Abraham, but maybe, maybe Tamori is like how I start building up my. Also, he's four point five, so I could go like from Zinchenko to Tamori, and that would that would solve some problems for me. Do you think that this is Abramovich's greatest project yet? So he's done everything, right? He's won the league, mm-hmm. he's won the Premier League multiple times. He's won the he's won the uh, the Europa League. He's won the Champions League. This season, Abramovich mm-hmm. is setting out to build the perfect FPL team. He's like, I need mm. budget-priced players of every stripe. You know, four point five defenders, mm-hmm. seven million like premium strikers, a six point five wonderkind in the midfield. It's it could yeah. be Abramovich's greatest work. It might be. Wow, that's that's amazing. That's it's thought provoking, <laughs> and I think you're there's no way you're wrong. So yeah, very, Wonderful. very interested. All right, all right. Yeah. That leads us into the next question of our lightning round, which for this from uh, Jovan D. What do you think of having the more affordable attacking assets for Manchester City or Liverpool to cover those teams instead of the premiums? I.e., have KDB plus Firmino. Okay, so. Cheaper mm-hmm. than having Sala plus Aguero and invest in Kane, Aubameyang, or more to balance the midfield. So I think what Jovan is pushing for here is what we might qualify as coverage picks that would allow you to spread your dollar farther, not just in the budget areas, like upgrade a 6.5 right. player, but actually get more quote-unquote premium players. Yeah. And I mean, coverage sounds like a dirty word sometimes, but I mean, sometimes it's just, it's just changing your perspective a little bit too. You know, I mean, like, I mean, Firmino is a perfect example of this, you know, like it's Firmino is, uh, looks, I don't know. I mean, that's complicated. We talked about this before. I mean, the, the problem is, can you get what you're getting, what you get from Firmino out of a comparable player who's cheaper in the forward position, Whereas it's not as easy to get what you get from like a Sadio Mane yeah. from a comparable player, yeah. you know, in the midfield. So Definition of it coverage. It is a little yeah. trickier. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. So, um, but there are. I mean, it may be that the that that Firmino and KDB are just maybe the two. I don't know. It's. I mean, you, you went out without any Liverpool mids in your wildcard team. I mean, are yeah. you are you regretting it already? Or I mean, obviously, you know, one game week's. Um, yes, uh, I am very nervous. Um, given what I saw in game week five, I just, just decided to have two Liverpool players in my defense with Adrian LOL and, and goal. And then Van Dyke, I went very budget with Liverpool and it's just looking Mm -hmm. at Liverpool's upcoming fixtures and thought, I don't know, it's champions, champions league League and all that sort of thing. And it's the, we talked about this this morning, Josh, about the, idea of last season week on week Manchester City might have had an off week but they would come back and score four goals the next week and on average they were putting three four five goals past every opponent Liverpool right. would would occasionally take the more conservative approach and you were counting on Liverpool more or less getting one or two or three goals past every opponent so it's a lower output so I was 
the wild card thinking was, you know what, I just want to go more aggressive with Manchester City and try and get, go all in on that bigger goal output with Manchester City. Now, that really throws away the law of averages in the like one week Liverpool will, your Liverpool assets are going to outperform your Manchester City assets. And I'm just all in on one side. And that's like, I'm just not diversified right now. I'm a, I have a high risk portfolio, right, right. very high risk retirement fund right now. <laughs> and yeah, I'm very feeling very nervous. I am. Here's, here's what I will just, I, I will say that, you know, sometimes I think that, you know, it's unfortunate when you take a big, a few big risks, you know, like a few, a few home run swings and it doesn't come off and, you know, but I mean, I, I applaud, I applaud how bold you were on the wild card. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's too bad that it hasn't worked out so far, you know, but I, I mean, like it's, you know, I applaud the the thinking. I mean, it's like you, like we talk about like thinking outside the box and maybe that'll work. I mean, like you, you did it, you know? And so, I mean, who knows? Like maybe in, like you said, you know, in game week nine, that's really going to be your your key game week. You know, maybe maybe game week sixteen. You know, I don't know. Like well, <laughs> one week. Okay, no, no, I was, no, I'm joking. But I was I wasn't joking before. I mean, I think yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, you were you're trying to think outside the box, and it's 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 always kind of a bummer when that doesn't uh, uh, get rewarded. So, yeah, yeah, I I will say now, like the easiest move for me is for me now, given my outlay, mm-hmm. and if I have. KDB, uh, Sterling, and Aguero up front, the easiest one transfer move for me is to bring in Firmino, you know, as what we had qualified as a coverage pick. So I'm very open to that. And I think that that might be what will happen to be a short-term fix. Now, the the problem there is Aubameyang looks even more appealing than Firmino at the moment. So um, there are a lot of different options that... And that was another piece of the wildcard thinking is even though... It was a high-risk portfolio, not very diversified. At least the city assets, expensive as they are, leave you room to move off of them into other interesting mm-hmm. players. So hopefully I will be able That's to uh, you know, adjust as needed. Yeah, and there will certainly be some injuries with some of these key players i mean there's really no one no one major has been injured so far you know and i think that's really outside of gabriel jesus if he counts you know so uh it hasn't really opened up like massive movement you know towards certain people which will happen eventually so uh all right i think uh i think that's it brandon uh game week six kicks off on friday as a reminder there's a friday fixture this week folks uh it is a uh not a great one. It's uh, South, uh-huh. Southampton, Southampton v. Bournemouth. Is a I guess it's a uh, a South England derby. Wow, we um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess I'll be tra- I mean, I'll certainly be tracking this match. But we're opiate addicts like the masses. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about uh, my team going into game week six, and I was like, well, you know, maybe I could. Um, drop uh awb who's been kind of on my bench and even though i got the clean treat today i'm still i still kind of feel like i want to to move off him uh, they play west ham away uh which i don't see as a great fixture for them especially coming off the europa league um but then i'm looking at these fixtures and i'm like where would i even get a clean sheet out of these out of these matches you know it's like maybe you know maybe mm-hmm. uh I don't even know. Like maybe I, but like I mean, Bournemouth's going to score on Southampton, right? Like most most likely, and you know, and then I'm like, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's it's hard to really know who like 
I don't know, like, you know, like the, the 4.5 million defenders, it's just, it's just a weird bracket right now. You know, and there's just no one who like, you're just like super excited about, you know? So, uh, yeah. Palace maybe right. versus Wolves possibly. The Manchester city Watford match on Saturday is one that jumps out at me as, um, there's a lot on the line here, particularly for, uh, managers like myself who have heavily invested in Manchester city attack and, I don't know what you took away from that Arsenal-Watford match t- from Sunday, today when we're recording. Watford looked still really awful. Yeah, uh, very open match. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what you <laughs> – it was really open, and I, I think that speaks a lot to – as much to Arsenal as it does to Watford. And, yeah, Manchester City, they have to – at home, at the Etihad, they just have to absolutely smoke Watford for me to um, pick up the pieces from this wild card. And I do feel like it's the perfect bounce back fixture for anyone who had a bum game week. And I think, again, you just have to throw the armband on mm-hmm. your preferred city attacker for this match. It's got to be the big focus. If, for yeah, if Sterling plays 90 minutes uh, at midweek, I think I'll really seriously consider KDB as my captain over, uh, over Sterling. Um I don't know. KDB just got rested, makes him less likely to be rested again next weekend. I mean, I, I just can't imagine KDB getting rested for consecutive Premier League fixtures. It just seems very unlikely. So um, I don't know. Like, I, I hate even playing this game, though. I mean, because even if Sterling, like, even came on off the bench, he would he could certainly do something, too. So I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just this is like the agony of fantasy, right? It's like there's just so many. I mean, honestly, Chelsea's defense does not look good either, right? So Mo Salah is not, in my opinion, a terrible pick either for for game week six. Right. Yes, it's true. And City is going, is traveling, let's see, for the Champions League, they're traveling traveling to the Ukraine. The Ukraine. Ukraine is not mm-hmm. weak. Ukraine strong. Good Seinfeld uh, they, reference. Yep. They're mm-hmm. away on Wednesday. And let's see, Liverpool. Thank you. And uh, Liverpool, for comparison's sake, let's see, are they home or away Liverpool are also away. They play on Tuesday away to Napoli. So an interesting matchup for them too. So both Liverpool and City away. You're going to have to watch those uh, those uh, teams' minutes, those players' minutes with, with for sure with um, great care. Jeff. Another a lot of fun matchups this weekend, though. I think Leicester Spurs should be really fun. Just as uh, I don't plan to have anyone in that match. We didn't. We haven't talked about Sun at all. Yeah. I guess we have to say that for next week's podcast. But uh, Sun looked great. Uh, you know, reasonably affordable. He's under ten million. Um, but that Leicester Spurs game, I think, should be really interesting. Like I, I guess I would favor Leicester to win it. I'm not sure what the you know who's favored in that match uh, to you know who the, who the favorite is to win that match. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's funny thing about Spurs. Like I feel like they're having this god awful season, and they're actually like I think they're tied with City right now <laughs> in second place. So it's I don't know. It's weird. How about that Harry Kane though? Huh? Mm, I he know. Got an assist. One assist. Yep, piling them up. Uh, I think I think Burnley Norwich should be really interesting. I mean, yes. Norwich they score in that match, right? Norwich score like there's there's no way they don't score in that match. Presumably, yeah, I think so. I mean, Norwich is such an interesting team this season because they have they have all of the uh, ways to score, and I'm not sure if it's the way teams play them that will help them or. That that West Ham match just sticks out in your mind. Like, what did West Ham do? Did Norwich have an off day or did West Ham do something different? And West right. Ham, particularly this iteration of West Ham, not known for their defensive prowess. Right. 
what will Burnley do, particularly Burnley at home? Burnley at home will look to score. They won't look to sit back. They won't look to yeah, sit. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's uh, the thing. It's, it's, it's still Norwich, right? I mean, like, if you're Burnley and you're playing Norwich at home, you have to try to win that game, you know? Like, you're not, like... And yeah, I don't know. So like, I mean, so I, I think there will be counterattacking opportunities for Norwich. I'm also just not mm-hmm. super convinced about Burnley's defense. I mean, I, I've mm-hmm. had Pope, I guess, the entire season now, and I'm, I'm still just not like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super convinced. Uh, I'm a bit also like, I don't know. Like we, you and I were looking at goalkeepers before the podcast started, and it was like, no one stands out. It's like David De Gea and Angus Gunn are are in first and second right now. So Angus Gunn. Angus. Yeah. So maybe maybe you consider Angus on a wild card. I mean he's only four point five million, so he's he's a reasonable pick. <laughs> consider Angus. Yeah. I'm gonna that's gonna change my FPL team name to consider Angus. Oh, that's I'm changing my team name to Bore on the Floor FC. Did I tell you about that? So <laughs> excited about that. Sicko. <laughs> uh all right. So yeah, Newcastle Brighton, uh it closes out Saturday, then Sunday you've got all the European teams playing. So, uh, yeah, I think Chelsea Liverpool should be. Uh, I expect a well. I was going to say expect a lot of goals. I mean, I, I think Liverpool win that match, uh, but mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. I got like a three-two Liverpool win. That wouldn't surprise me. You know, something like that, something in that range. That sounds about right. Yeah, that does 3-1. sound about right. They are two very of- offensive teams. Um, yeah, though. I don't know. I'm curious to see what how Liverpool's defense evolves during the course of the season because a guy as domineering as Virgil van Dijk cannot be happy with the way things are going defensively this season. And I don't see him idly standing by. I I I don't know. It's it's curious. I think that Liverpool will tighten up at some point defensively. This yeah. is probably not the match that it happens. I mean, so. Newcastle only had one chance in the entire match, basically. You know, and they, they came early and they scored. And they scored and, a yeah. brilliant shot. Yeah, yeah that's true. So that's a good point. Kind of happened with the City last year too. Where I feel like City was like losing a bunch of clean sheets, and but it felt so fluky. You know, it was like it was like basically like mm-hmm. kind of the same thing where they like you know it was like four chances in four matches. You know, and all, all four of them they scored on. Um, so I actually don't feel the way about city right now. I feel like city's defense is a uh, shambles. I mean, God, like yeah. if you don't think that city's defense is a shambles, just go watch Pookie's goal, the third goal in yesterday's match. And that will, uh-huh. that will tell you where they are right now defensively. Although I'm sure it'll get tighter, especially when, uh, I don't know, it'll be tighter in, in March. So, you know, like target them for like yeah. a game week, 25 defensive, <laughs> you know, double up or something. Uh, all right. So that's the pod, Brandon. Uh, I think it was kind of a, kind of a, a little different one, you know. I don't know. I felt like we uh, like slightly philosophical, perhaps, uh, but I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Way philosophical, man. I hope <laughs> everyone could follow that. But um, it feels good. It feels good for sure. Coming off of two um, two of us having weird kind of bad game weeks, we have to take a step back and look at what F. What is what is FPL doing that doesn't have direct contact with our individual teams? And I hope that that's what uh, Always Cheating brings to our listeners. Is It's not just about my team or your team. It's about the vibe, what's going on in the game week writ large. And, and I hope this is helpful. Yeah. So as we sign off, um, we do just want to thank our, our Patreon subscribers. And uh, if you are interested in getting involved and thanking Josh and I for what we do week in, week out on the Always Cheating podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating, where you can find out more about getting an extra podcast every week, access to our Slack channel, T-shirts, extra leagues, all that 
Big thank yous to our new Volkswagen patron. It's Heath Cram. And at the Lord Sorloth tier, uh, big thanks to Thomas Holmes, Ross Simpson, Henrik Sadness. Sadness? You're not sad, are you, Henrik? <laughs> uh, Gil Gilson, Jason Martirano, Tu Lumbi, and David Arnold. And Josh, give a big thanks to our new Pookie patron. Scott Schmidt. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Uh, yeah, once again. Well done, Scott. Yeah, patreon.com slash always cheating Ringo. Brandon, a few quick producer thank yous as well. Peter Barakal, Barry McGuire, Paul Hersig, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Alan Creasy, Blair Jacobson, Nick Wright, Stan Niehaus, Kaya Christine Lelang, Brian Chin, Travis West, Frederick Kean Gransky, Dave Wagner Lodal, Brian Jacobson, Andy Penn, Jazz Binning, Christian Carter, Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, The Big Gaffer, Trevor Ingerson, Brian T., Nick Costella, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Martin Savage, Chris Howell, Stephen Toomey, and Mike DePietro. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon uh, producers. If I'm mispronouncing your name, please let us know. And hopefully all of you yeah. also received an email from Brandon this week uh, about the new yeah. uh, Patreon t-shirt design, which uh, we're going to get out to you shortly. Yeah, absolutely. And rate review of the Always Cheating Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Hail Cheaters, Instagram, at Hail Cheaters. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating. Send us your emails, hailcheaters at gmail.com. If you're interested in checking out our Always Cheating online shop or getting the league code for our Always Cheating Super League, just head to our website, alwayscheating.com. All of our information is found there. It's alwayscheating.com. Joshua, thank you for preventing me for, uh, or I guess just thank you for saying step off step off from that ledge my friend uh, <laughs> yeah. jumper style yeah yeah well uh, you're welcome and you know what let's let's hope that uh Allaire is healthy brandon let's you know, let's let's do a quick a quick prayer to sebastian Allaire's health and ability to score <laughs> 12 to 37 goals tomorrow indeed slancha Allaire. <laughs>